football fans, welcome back to the 4th and a Mile podcast. Alongside my good friends, Brady, Bradley, and Jeremy. My name is Josh, and we appreciate you all tuning in. So week 17 is in the books. All the playoffs are set. Seeds are set. Um, what are some of the bigger surprises from before the season that you didn't expect uh, to pan- play its way out here uh, post week 17? I have a question not football related for you, Josh. How did you determine uh, the order of which your friends groups you say? You say Brady, Bradley, Jeremy. It's got to be. Jeremy, Brady, Bradley, or Bradley, Jeremy, Brady. You're just noticing this now? Yeah, I mean, it just struck me. Just curious. Just noticing this now, but I'm going to get back to the question. My biggest surprise going into um, the playoffs would be, it's got to be Josh Allen, right? I mean, a guy that people were doubting, he was, I mean, why would you trade a first round pick for Stefan Diggs? Cause Josh Allen can't get him the ball. And he's one of three guys in the MVP running um, broke all, a lot of the bills single season records. Um, so for me going into the playoffs, it's how far can Josh Allen and the offense take Buffalo? For me, it's Lamar Jackson seems to find his, his form, his MVP form. Their offense looks very good. I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't want to play them in the first round They're They look, they look just like their team last year. Becker, what do you think? Biggest, um, surprise? biggest surprise. I mean, to be honest, I, I guess like I'm not super surprised, but I, I think you look at the Packers at being 13 and three, a lot of people pick them as reg- like major regression candidates, a team that probably go eight and eight, nine and seven. I think to be sitting at 13, 13 and three in the top of the NFC, with when you have the Saints, you have the Seahawks, who I would say was probably a little bit surprised to being 12 and four. I mean, the top of the NFC, I think to me is, is one of the surprises and the, the Buccaneers, you know, being what the fifth seed, sixth seed, five seed. Yep. Josh, what about you? What's, what's surprising going into the playoffs for you? I thought the bears weren't going to get nowhere, sniff nowhere near the playoffs and they somehow found their way to sneak in and have Mitchell Trubisky go from starting to sitting to starting again and he's still not great, obviously, but I don't know. Their Saints are not – we'll talk – we'll get into this later, but that matchup is not as scary as it once was when Breeze was at his best. So I think that the Bears have a shooter – like a shooter shot at that game, so that'll be interesting. I There was a – to the Mitch Trubisky point, there was on a Sunday NFL countdown – there is a stat or like a little blurred at, at the end of the, uh, at the bottom of the screen. And it said Trubisky key to uh, bounce back. And it was like being counted out. <laughs> didn't know that. Didn't know that was a, zero sense. <laughs> a major key to coming back and having a, a decent season, just being Bold. counted out, being benched. Bold. He needed that. So if you guys are Chicago are are you extending him or do you have to wait and see what happens in the playoffs? I'm not. I, I can confidently say that. If I was a Bears fan, I would not want Trubisky as Trubisky as my quarterback of the future. It's a trap. I I mean, yeah, they got into the playoffs, but to me, this is like the ceiling. Or, or you, well, and, I mean, David you Montgomery's the had the best. Ago. Like, yeah, even Montgomery's been a beast. So, what if Mitch Trubisky hypothetically would take a two-year, forty million dollar deal? Would you? No, no, you, would, you wouldn't take that as the Bears. No, he, I, he, to me, he's got Blake Bortles. They're eight and eight. Let's not just call them like a really, they're eight and eight. So uh, for me, the comp is easily Blake Bortles played with oh. a very good defense. He made it that to the AFC championship, baby. 
no. Right, for the okay, the Buffalo Bears are going to the NFC Championship. For those of, for those of you who aren't as you know aware of the situation, there are a couple of guys on the pod that we have ride or died on. Becker's guy is Blake Bortles. He has been a big big Bortles guy from day one. Bradley's been a big Ponder guy since day one. Uh, <laughs> Dead. <laughs> so no, 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 no. That's true. No. At least with my guy, he knows. It's like, you know what? Just get me out of the league. Bortles is backing up a guy who was playing in the CFL for the Rams this past week. <laughs> Making money, got... though. Yeah. I'll just sign that check. Yeah, well, I'm sure Ponder's a smart guy. They're, they're doing well in life. Yeah, yes, they are. Uh, let's let's go into our one thing notable. Bradley, let's start with you. What's, what's your one thing notable going into uh, playoffs or recapping week 17? Uh, mine is recapping week 17 and it's fly Eagles fly. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Doug Peterson sitting Jalen hurts uh, at the end of the game against the Washington football team? I absolutely hate it. I, I think this is absolutely insane. And then for him to come out and say that uh, they were trying to win the game. It's, it's just insane. You see all these videos. Jalen hurts. Didn't want to come out of the game. You, you have a healthy scratch for your star quarterback who is the captain on your team. So it's like, okay, if you're putting in Carson Wentz to see what you have, I'm fine with it. But you put in Nate Sudfeld, who I'm sure I correct me if I'm wrong. Was he inactive in some games? I, I don't know if they had two quarterbacks. I didn't follow the Eagles that much, but for them to have a chance to win that game and to take out Jalen hurts. I I've heard that who came out, somebody came out on national television and said, this wasn't, um, Doug Peterson's doing this came from the front office, which totally to see it. is insane. I, I think it's crazy. Um, you just see the players coming out and the best one that I saw was Joe judge today on Monday, his, his press conference about what his players think and what he thinks. He just said he would never jeopardize the game. And he, they said that some about how he would not ever, you would never see the New York giants ever do that. So I, I think it's crazy. I, I hate it. I hated it. I, I get that. I do. But at the same time, win more than six games, you don't have to deal with it. I just think that. The, no, but that's the situation just, you're in. I just don't think the Giants have that big of a case to be upset, though. Like, if you're in that situation, win, go seven and nine. But and these, are the same, these are the same players who in May, in June, were like, let us play. Let us play. We want to play. And now you're basically saying screw that like we're not going to give it our all after who knows who thought that this season was going to finish like that i mean talk about jeopardizing your your game like no game is guaranteed i think it's such a bad look (laughs) it's such a bad look and i don't we are obviously not in the building we're not on the sidelines no idea what the conversations but obviously it falls on peterson and he lost a big chunk of his locker room. I could almost guarantee you that. I mean, you look at the video that uh, Kelsey, I think, had like two, three weeks ago, just talking about how um, never like tanking is just in this league is just absolutely ridiculous. Like just the fact like this is your job. We all care about it every weekend and week out. And it was just it just felt like the complete opposite of the sentiment that he was sending. And I mean, you look at him and Ertz and, and Wentz who were on the field last night until like or this morning until like 1.15 a.m., just like together. I mean, that's your that's the heart and soul of that team. I mean, Peterson's, Peterson, he looks like he's probably going to keep his job, and I get it. He won the Super he Bowl He has to keep ago. his job after yeah. that. He has to. But, like, he's going to be struggling to, to make up some ground, I think, heading into next year. 
you want to know what like just absolutely ticks me off? They're like, oh yeah, it's tanking. It's it's the difference between pick six and picks not pick nine. Like your roster, it stinks. Like that, like they're the Philadelphia Eagles. They their roster is brutal. It's aging. Don't don't tell me that pick six to pick nine is going to break your franchise to the point where you're questioning your ethics as a coach. Like that is BS. Do you know what Philly's doing? Philly is kind of holding on to their Super Bowl team, kind of like Jacksonville held on to their AFC title oh, yeah. team. That's where I can see it as. They got a bunch of older players that turn them around and get some assets and get their contracts off the books type thing. Like Zach Ertz should have been traded. If if you're not going to extend him, he's got to be traded. If Dallas Goddard's the guy, get rid of him. Uh, you brought back what? Who was the guy that Jason Peters to play guard? And he he looked really old too. I I mean we're talking a lot about Philly, but I as as a competitor, it it just rubs me the wrong way. Just just the nature of it, having a chance to play spoil alert, and like Bradley said, it's three picks. Like I mean. We're, we're talking really early now, but it looks like they screwed up their first round pick this year. What if they screw up their number six overall pick next year? So I don't know. And to, and to put a bow on it to Josh's point, like I get like, yeah, Giants win a couple more games or whatever, but like what they were in that position, had a chance to make it in and somebody just, nah, I'll give up. Like that's frustrating. <laughs> that's frustrating. Right. So I'll just uh, pivot this to mine. So in, in terms of, like, the draft, being able to go the entire season, obviously there's a lot of, like, schedule changing, but none of them got canceled. Like, the NFL did it. They did had the regular season. That was the toughest part of them getting it on. Do you think your opinion of Goodell, because, you know, his, his image pre-2020 season was poor at best, do you think that has changed with the draft and with being able to uh, get through the season? It can't hurt. It, it definitely can't hurt. Yeah, he deserves he deserves a lot of credit for getting through the season because it, it's a it's not an easy task. Like you look at the NBA, they are like, all right, we're going bubble. Like the NFL couldn't go into a bubble. Like it just wasn't possible. And, and I mean, they they pulled it off. I mean, knock on wood that the playoffs can finish, but I, I don't see any issue with that. Um, I thought their protocols were very, I would say, reasonable. There were some instances where it's like how are we pushing this game back, but not this one, but like at the end of the day, like they got through it. So a lot of credit goes to him and and the front offices uh, of the NFL. Yeah. I feel like people aren't going to remember the, like those instances, like years down the road, it's just going to be, Oh, they did it. Like they completed it. Absolutely. The fact that one of, go ahead, Jeremy. Sorry. I was just going to like, I think Bradley might've said that when we started the fact that, I mean, I remember us having conversations off air that we were like, there's no way. Like, yeah, they'll start it, but I don't think there's any way they're going to finish it. The fact that we got to this point and credit, I mean, to Goodell and the, the rest of, you know, everybody else making decisions, even the protocols that they started with that might have been iffy, they adapted pretty well, too. I mean, they figured it out a couple weeks in. They changed some things up a little bit more. They find people. They took away draft picks even for face masks. So was it, like, super consistent all the way through? Probably not, but, like, good for them, at least for getting through it. Well, I mean, that's a sign of, like, smart leadership, too. Not necessarily being right all the time, but knowing, okay, this is not a great decision or this wasn't great protocol. Let's just switch it up, try something new, do something different, make it work. So, yeah, credit to them. Yeah, for sure. Give, give credit to Roger Goodell. That was a good one thing notable. Jeremy, let's let's hear yours. Um, so, mine is just a straight-up question that I would love your guys' opinions on. 
I like uh, it. And that is what do the Dolphins do uh, at the quarterback position in the draft specifically? Don't draft one. Oh, you got to give Tua a time. You got to give him a full off season into the integration into the offense, even more getting um, camaraderie with the wide receivers, get him some weapons, get him some protection. I think you just draft that stud, maybe tackle from Oregon or someone who is going to be able to uh, help him out. They, they should trade their pick. They should move back. And that way they can just basically continue to piggyback. They have two picks this year. They can say, Hey, give me a first next year to go back eight spots. Like it's not ungodly to ask for that. And then next year, if your team is not successful at Tua, bundle your two first and go up and get another quarterback. I think that just makes the logical sense. And they fired Chan Gailey, right? Yeah. I believe they got rid of him. And and I don't know for sure if it was the offense coordinator's fault, but it sounded like they were kind of babying Tua into the offense. Whereas like they just let Fitzpatrick go. Like if he throws three picks, he throws three picks. Whereas they're doing bubble screens with two and all that stuff. I don't like, I didn't watch the game. I didn't have access to the game yesterday, but that's, that's what I heard about the game. So um, I don't know. I, I think it's too early to give up on two. I think he needs a little bit more weapons around him. I mean, Devonte Parker was their best receiver and he was banged up all, the whole time he was playing. So um, I, I think they needed another offensive line help. Um, and I, I think they need another receiver to go along with Devonte Parker. So you guys just think keep Fitzpatrick, run it back. Let's see what we can kind of push together with. I don't I don't think they upgrade from getting Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or uh, Trey Lance. I think they're in the same tier as when you come up prospects. I think I mean I think that's where I'm at with the two. I was just kind of curious what you guys thought because the whole like starter reliever approach is is interesting in the NFL. That, that can't continue. Like, <laughs> I think next year it won't. I think <clears throat> there was a little bit specific because I didn't think Miami thought they were going to be in this situation, to be honest with you, but they um, are a year ahead. I would agree with that for sure. So let's see what they can do with two first round picks and get some some value there. And one of them's the third pick. So if you're drafting there, you're you're getting a really good player too. So um yeah no Miami's this is a good segue into my one thing notable. So uh, I'm doubling down on how loaded the AFC is compared to the NFC. Um, So we're going to have a little fun. So on this episode, we're doing a little bit of recap and then we're projecting some, some playoff stuff. So we're looking at the AFC playoffs. So we have Kansas city, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Indy. You need to take one of those teams out and add a team that has high outlook going into next year. So you can't have the same seven teams. I can almost guarantee the seven AFC teams are not going to make the set, the playoffs again. So you need to add one of the AFC teams, whether it be Miami, the chargers, Houston, Vegas, one of those teams and which one's going away. I don't know who wants to start. I'll start. Oh boy. I, I think I was a year too late or a year too early. In my predictions. I'll, I'll go with the chargers. I mean, it's a, who's, who's, a, who's getting left out. Uh, Pittsburgh. That's, yeah, that Pittsburgh. was that was my that was my guess. Yeah, their defense. I thought like early on the se- on the season, their defense was like for real. Like they got they're above average. Yeah, He's gonna I play know, quarterback for them next year. Like is Ben Ben is Big Ben coming back? We don't know. No, Carson like, Wentz. <laughs> that would <laughs> be horrible. Like, Stay in the state. Be, it could be a quarter. Yeah, Sam Darnold like could be a like rookie. Like uh, who knows? Jeremy, who do you think? Is it is it the Chargers? Yeah, I think it's got to be either the Chargers or the Dolphins. 
And then my two that I would take out would be probably the Steelers or the Browns. Can I give you a dark horse? Oh, can I say mine first? Cause I think I, I think yeah. I'm going, okay, hear me out. Bengals. No. Bengals. Joe Burrow's not going to be back. Until... I wanted to say the Patriots, but I just don't know what they're going to do at quarterback and that roster. Brady's going to say the Jets. I'm not going to say the Jets. I'm going to say the Jaguars. Just hear me out. They got so, hold it. T-Law. T-Law. T-Law, the self-proclaimed T-Law. T-Law. <laughs> they have $100 million in cap space. So basically what Miami had this last year to get all those players, wherever you want to put them, they got some young talent around them, DJ Chart, Kalevon Chason, James Robinson, all those guys, and they have 11 draft picks in this draft class. So I, I think they have a chance to make it, depending on who they hire. Let's say they hire somebody like Eric Bieniemy or Joe Brady. or They talked about Urban Meyer, too. I don't know how he'll do it. Urban Meyer would be terrible. <laughs> you don't know that. People probably I said that about Pete Carroll, too. And who, who knows? Um, but I think I, – I'm not saying Jacksonville is going to make it. I, the Chargers, I think, is the easiest one to – to portray sure. um and i i think either cleveland or pittsburgh just because i thought pittsburgh almost beat or they, they did almost beat cleveland with their backups last night so or yesterday so I, jaguars have 11 picks yeah uh rick spielman says hold my beer he needs to trade <laughs> he needs to trade back so <laughs> well rick spielman has probably about four seventh round picks so, that, Facts. so watch out for jacksonville i see uh, that Let's let's move on to our episode. So today, like I said, um, we're doing some fantasy year-end awards, kind of similar to what we did for like the pre-mile awards. We'll do we'll call them the post-mile awards, um, and then we're just gonna we're gonna look at some, uh, some finish line finish line awards. Sure, we can call it the finish line awards. That's what we're gonna call it. Um, and then we're gonna look at some NFL playoffs, um, both predicting the AFC and the NFC matchups, and then obviously we're gonna finish with our once got to go. And so let's, or I guess you can call it once got to stay, whichever one you want to we're not going to preview into it. So let's, let's get right into our fantasy year end awards. Uh, we're going to start obviously with our most valuable p- player. And this is obviously for fantasy. Bradley, let's start with you. Who's your MVP. Uh, I'm going to look at none other than Josh Allen. I, I just think coming in, I think as a podcast, we were very high on him. And when we came on the show, I said, guess what? He's averaging eight rushing touchdowns every like throughout his career eight rushing touchdowns this year. Like he was on brand. He threw the ball better. He was QB one. So uh, Josh Allen would be my MVP. Josh, do you disagree? I do. I love, and this, I, I love the pick. I do. You can't, yeah, you can't have a wrong answer here. <laughs> All these guys. Yeah. So before. I'm going, I kind of like took the, I took the V literally. So most valuable player. Uh, so I'm going Justin Jefferson from going undrafted uh, to being wide receiver six in half point. That's insane value. Uh, so especially missing the first two games of the season or not necessarily missing, but not really being featured in the offense very um, much. So I went Justin Jefferson. Jeremy, what do you think? Um, I also uh, had Josh Allen. Um, I, obviously it's a position that you can find a lot of value at. Um, but you know, to get a guy that wasn't taken as one of those top six, seven, you know, we talked on this podcast, I think last week about, you know, Brady, I think you mentioned about being kind of that middle, middle tier quarterback, you know, drafter as you had, as you head into next season and beyond, because that's where you find a lot of this value. I mean, Josh Allen finished what top in points he had a 405 and he averaged 25.3 a week. I mean, that, 
that is phenomenal for your lineup. And not to mention this year, he had great weeks to end the season. So um, Josh Allen is my MVP for those reasons. Just to prove that I am unbiased towards this, my MVP is Aaron Rodgers. Um, talk about a guy who you're getting towards the end of your drafts. Like, I mean, let's just call it how it is. You're not drafting him in the middle rounds because everybody was super low on him this year because everybody's like, oh. Was he drafted as a QB1 this year? Yes, I think he, I think he was. I, I would have to get his ADP up, but I would assume he was. Um, but finishing as the quarterback two, and depending on how you score, but he was like the quarterback two. Uh, you can't hate on his touchdown numbers. Um, so I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers as the most valuable player for me. Uh, we're going to move on. So we have three of us that are basketball players, former basketball players. So this one is the sixth. Hey, man played the three year. years in high school. Anyways, <laughs> sixth man of the year, otherwise known as the stream of the year. So this is somebody that necessarily wasn't pegged to be a starter in your roster, or even he was undrafted. Um, but he came out and he became um, the sixth man of the year. He, he played a lot for you. He, he maybe won you a championship. So, uh, Josh, who is your sixth man or stream of the year? Yeah, my stream of the year is Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he was not drafted as being a guy that you're going to have to rely on uh, throughout the year, um, but he ended up as QB7. So he ended up being a guy you could be able to start week in, week out, averaging uh, 21 and a half fantasy points a game. Um, he people didn't really buy into his performance last year much it being a really run heavy offense uh but he performed really really well utilized his weapons uh Corey davis resurgence that he was uh, hugely responsible for so i i picked ryan Tannehill. brother what do you think i mean that's a good pick i went t higgins t higgins was someone that week in and week out if you started him he's probably getting you that 10 to 15 points on a consistent basis. Um, and when you talk about a stream guy, this is somebody that was not drafted, um, did not think had a role. It would be a guy that you're like, oh, I, pro I probably shouldn't play. And then at the end of the day, like he's eight catches, 64 yards and a touchdown. So I, I went with T Higgins. Jeremy, what do you think? Uh, I went back to the quarterback position again. Um, I'm actually, actually very shocked that Josh did not pick him, but it is Justin Herbert. Um, he was a <laughs> very frequent stay on the starts of the week for us. And, uh, you know, he, he obviously, obviously didn't play in the first game, but he still averaged, um, finished with 340 fantasy points, averaged 22.7 a week. Um, I mean, once he was picked up on your team, he was probably more than likely an every day, every week start. Um, and he played really, really well, um, and did a lot of good things for you on the ground a little bit too. Um, you know, he had five rushing touchdowns, so that always helps the floor, um, had a, couple duds towards the end of the year so like that was unfortunate uh if you were playing in the fantasy championship or got getting to that point i think he had one week 13 was a dud but other than that had a good season so for my sixth man of the year and i'll let you guys tell me if this classifies is brandon cooks would you would you classify him as the sixth man of the year or is he is he a guy that you drafted to start i mean i feel like at the end of the day you're still streaming him okay well so Brandon Cooks finishes the wide receiver 15. I guess, I don't know. I You're probably That's, drafting him as like a flex slash bench guy. Um, but just to throw in another guy, it'd be Curtis Samuel. He, he really didn't get drafted in a lot of leagues. He finished as the uh, wide receiver 25, which is a fringe wide receiver too. Uh, talk about a guy that you almost, you, you could have played in your championship games. He had a good championship week in week 16. So uh, Curtis Samuel, sixth man of the year for me, or Brandon Cooks, whichever one you want to call it. 
It clicks Next, 1,100 yards. I did not realize he, he had such a good he season. really well this year. So He, he had a big resurgence once Will Fuller uh, was kicked off sure. the team. For sure. And for lack uh, of a better term. <laughs> yeah. Um, Deshaun, Deshaun Ball this year, too. Let's just call it out. Is He played unbelievable with the lack of talent he had around him. A couple honorable mentions there. I, I mean, I think we said his name, but not specifically for it. But Corey Davis, I think you could throw in there. Um, Tom another Brady. Guy, Tom Brady, another guy you could throw in there too, Marvin Jones. He had totally. a very good end of the year. Totally. But can we just – we're going to legally change his name. It's not Marvin Jones. It's Viker, Viking Slayer the third. <laughs> Absolutely insane. He just <laughs> like, I, I'm serious. Like, if you do a DraftKings and he plays the Vikings, you better put – He's going to be the most expensive wide receiver on DraftKings. It's just, it's one in doubt. (laughs) He needs to be. Let's move on to our most improved player. Uh, Jeremy, who is your most improved player and why? Um, So he, he obviously, he had a good year last year in terms of, you know, being relevant for you. But for me, I, I make him most, most improved because he was a league winner for so many guys. And that's Dave Montgomery. I just think what he was doing for you, towards the later half of the latter half of the year. I mean, he helped you win leagues. Uh, he helped, he helped you get into the playoffs. He helped you win in the first round, second round and help you win the championship. And to finish, I believe in, in 0.5 PPR, he was running back six. I mean, I think he was probably around that 20 range last year. So that's a huge, that's a big improvement. Um, and to be an every week stay, he was not last year more than likely. Um, so I think Dave Montgomery is a very much improved fantasy player. After a lot of people wrote him off too. Yeah, myself included. included. Myself up, included, absolutely. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's a very good one. Bradley, what do you what do you got? Hear me out. Okay. I'm most improved player. <clears throat> Kirk, I do the greedy cousins. <laughs> most improved player. Let's hear it. Last season was like QB sixteen. Finished this season as the fourteenth overall player. In fantasy football, did he? I could double check my sources. I, I'm I'm gonna look at it. You can he keep was talking 14. about how much he was 14 and half point PPR, which I mean, just above Q, the he was QB 11, so that doesn't that doesn't surprise above, me. He was I, QB 14 in point five PPR. What did you say? He was QB or uh, overall 14. I was, I was gonna, gonna say, say he was not. <laughs> Sorry, overall yes. 14th player. So everybody do the gritty. Kirk Cousins, most approved player. Okay, by the way, he made Adam Thielen look really good at doing the gritty. That was horrible. I laughed so hard. That was the greatest thing ever. Not great, Bob. Listening to Jefferson say, do the gritty, Kirk, do the gritty, Kirk. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Josh, who is your most approved player? So I I had David Montgomery as an option. I know I've talked to him a lot, so I wanted to be able to kind of list a couple of other options i had uh, robbie anderson as one that as was the most improved uh moving from uh uh was the jets yes they moving from the jets to the panthers nobody was expecting anything from him uh having teddy um everyone was saying teddy is not gonna throw the ball downfield very much that's robbie's specialty and he tore it up he had so many yards not a ton of touchdowns didn't get into the tub very often but um he did a phenomenal job, and uh, I don't think many people were expecting that. He got a lot better. Yeah, for sure. And this is our last time doing it, our moment of silence for Adam Gase. We, d- we never want anybody we- to lose a job. That's just not what it is. But this is our last time, hope- not hopefully, probably Ding. talking about 
Adam Gase. So uh, he's going to get another job. So we'll we'll find a way. If to he is the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, you can consider my resignation. <laughs> There's a higher than zero percent chance of that happening, though. So that is not great. Well, yes, they, he's got a chance for every team right now. So he just got fired. <laughs> But anyways, my most approved player, and I'm surprised Bradley did not take this. This guy finished as the wide receiver 34 in 2019. You probably weren't playing him very often. Um, And this guy, a lot of people are saying is one of the best receivers in the game. And he probably is one of the best receivers in the game. This guy is no other than DK Metcalf. He finished as number two on my list. He finishes the wide receiver seven, and he I feel like he simmered off at the end of the year a little he bit. 100% too. did. So uh, DK Metcalf, my most approved player. Um, look for him to have another big year next year and, and probably have a big playoffs too because um, it's going to be him and Jalen week one or round one. That's going to be that's gonna be big that's time phenomenal. football. Yeah, yeah that's, that's box office. But uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do our first team all fantasy, and then we'll talk about some predicting playoffs and do our one that's got to go. Hi guys, this is Jeremy Becker from the 4th and a Mile podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at 4th and a Mile Pod. That's 4th and a Mile Pod. Thanks guys, and now back to the sports. Welcome back to the 4th and a Mile podcast. We're going to get right into our first team all fantasy. Um, we're going to start, so we're going to do a quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, and a flex. Um, we're going to go in order. So all of us are going to give quarterbacks, then the two running backs, receivers, so on and so forth. Um, Jeremy, we're going to start with you. Who was your first team all fantasy quarterback? So I don't know if I'm a cheater because I picked Josh Allen as my MVP, but my first team all quarterback is Aaron Rodgers, uh, fantasy MVP and regular football NFL MVP, Aaron Rodgers. That's like that's like when uh, I think, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Adrian Peterson win MVP but didn't win offensive player of the year? Yeah, they always give that to someone else than the offense. What a joke. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, Bradley, who is your uh, first-team all-fantasy? Well, considering I picked Josh Allen as my MVP, he is also my all-first-team quarterback. That would make sense. Uh, Josh? I had Aaron Rodgers. And so I had Aaron Rodgers as my MVP, but he's not first-team all-fantasy because Kyler Murray is the first-team all-fantasy. You drafted him. And guess what? I predicted him being the QB1, and – I think he's QB one. Was he? Did he finish his QB one? Oh no, Josh I think Allen it was did. Josh Allen. Kyler Rod- finished Rogers his QB three. If if Kyler wouldn't have been banged up the last two weeks, it probably would have been a lot closer. Kyler was three. No. Okay, I. Ky- okay. Kyler's uh, three point seven eight in week seventeen did not help him. Oh yeah, no, so in weeks one through sixteen, when you're actually playing fantasy, Kyler was the QB one. So <laughs> if you if you're doing a championship in week seventeen, can't Get help out. you. <laughs> can't help you. Uh, let's go to running backs. Or Josh, did you give yours? Yeah, I had uh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, okay, classic. Um, Jeremy, who are your two running backs? So I have uh, Derrick Henry, because yep. I mean. Dude's a freak, had over 2,000 yards, got to throw him on there. And then I had James Robinson, um, a guy that – and I went straight – honestly, I went straight value here in terms of what he brought to your fantasy roster, where you got him. Um, and to me, I think that's courtesy of a first-team all-selection. Um, and, you know, he absolutely put on for your squad. Uh, hopefully, if you did, if you had a Week 17 uh, championship, you obviously didn't have him. He might not even play in the championship. Did he not play last week either? 
Um, but you have a week yeah. 17 championship, you should get out of that league because, like, <laughs> no, seriously, like, but like, take a look Tyree at all Kill, that. Tyree yeah. Kill didn't play, Kamar didn't play, like, Patrick Mahomes. Does the, does the best team, yeah, does the best good. team actually win? Like, Mahomes was out, yeah, you're right. So, I mean, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Derrick Henry because he's in my uh, uh, all fantasy running backs. Coming into the season, I thought we we made it clear that was like, yeah, he is probably going to steadily be at like the RB five to eight. When you draft him, he's going to finish as the RB five to eight, but he's not going to be the the RB one that you want. And and he clearly was like again and again he finishes the RB two. So Derrick Henry was was my first running back, and then David Montgomery was my second one. To to wrap up Derrick Henry, I felt like we all kind of had them in like him that five to eight range because we felt like we had to. Like it was just like. Ah, we can't not have him there. Right. Like no, but even other people were like that too. They're like, yeah, he, he just doesn't get enough volume in the pass game to be that RB1 overall. And it just doesn't matter with him. It's insane. I don't want to look too far ahead, but like if you look at like 2021 rankings, like he's still like the RB5. It was just like he just rushed for 2,000 yards and had like what 12 touchdowns or something like that something crazy where he had so many t- whatever he he's 17 always gonna... touchdowns yeah, on the ground yeah. this year yeah he, I, I feel like he's always just going to be ranked there until he has a bad season then he's just going to plummet but he, he uh, scored 344 half point ppr points with 19 receptions yeah, that's, that's insane that's insane. insane josh who was on your first team all fantasy so sometimes when you draft a guy, but you get exactly what you want, like a guy like Alvin Kamara, that deserves recognition. Like getting him the number one running back. So he wasn't drafted like the number two or number three running back. Those were guys uh, like uh, uh, Saquon and Kamara, or I'm sorry, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Yeah. So having a guy you select in the first round and getting exactly what you um, – uh, Drafted is awesome. And then I had David Montgomery, a guy that we've talked a lot about on this podcast, who had a phenomenal post by uh, season for him, finished his RB4 and half point, uh, something that's really great for him. Yeah, David Montgomery's, I guess, getting stealing the show right now. Um, I went basic here. So um, you guys aren't giving love to my boy, Delvin Cook. So I, I'm going to give Delvin Cook the love. He's that He's got to be on the first team. And then we've talked about Derrick Henry. So I'm not going to not going to beat around the bush with him anymore. So we're going on to wide receivers. Jeremy, we're starting with you. And, and I just want to remind you, you picked James Robinson. So we're, we're talking about values. So I, I'll be interested to know who you pick at wide receiver, because I, I would hope that Devonte Adams is not on that list. Then Devonte Adams is definitely on my list. Oh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> um, I, a lot of people got him in, in the second round, maybe like wide receiver three or four. Um, I just think what he did for you from a per game basis was unbelievable and then I also had uh, Stefan Diggs I mean that to me is somewhat of a value in terms of what he was uh, for your team and where he was drafted I mean I believe I had him ranked somewhere in the 20s he was kind of one of those guys I just couldn't quite figure out because you just didn't know what direction Josh Allen was headed and uh, him taking a step forward and that connection that him and Diggs have is is definitely real and he's a baller he's a great route runner he's a stud and um, I mean, he was a great, great fantasy asset for you this year. Yeah, I uh, I had the same two people, but I just want to make it known that I had uh, Diggs above Adams. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> same. Diggs was, was the first. <laughs> Josh, what do you got? I actually had Adams and Diggs as well. Um, so nothing to add there, but uh, Flex, 
is hopefully somebody different than the two of them. So my wide receivers were Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Oh, wait, no, never mind. Uh, so <laughs> hey, my, were, 10, though. my were Stephon Diggs and Devonta Adams. I'm not going to talk about any any longer. And I don't think we're going to have to talk a lot about our tight ends because we all should have Travis Kelsey, even though Darren Waller had a good year. Yes, 100%. Okay. Jeremy, you agree? Yes. Thought okay, about so. putting George Kittle in there, but I, I decided to go <laughs> Just with loves the Kittle. quantity. <laughs> Let's let's go to flex. Um, Jeremy, who is your flex first team all fantasy? So I am going to say Justin Jefferson. Uh, I'm shocked. There's obviously a ton of different guys you could you could throw in for this award, this position. Um, but the fact that you can pick somebody up that can do what he did for you uh, off the waiver wire is doesn't always happen. Uh, his season was historic. He broke rain. If you're breaking Randy Moss records, uh, I think you're in pretty good company. Um, not to mention, I think in his first two games, he had five catches for 70 yards and he still finished with what? 1400 yards. Uh, yeah. didn't, he didn't score a touchdown, obviously in those first two games still finished with seven. I mean, he scored 230 fantasy points, which was, and that's half point PPR putting him at wide receiver six again, to get that as a guy you picked up is a steal. Yeah, I also had Justin Jefferson. I talk about you, you rarely, you rarely get a trade between two teams where there's no winner. They both win. Like the Bills got exactly what they wanted for in digs. I believe but Bradley the, meant no loser. Yes, they both won. <laughs> well, the, excuse me. Let me try there that was again. a winner. No loser. Digs <laughs> led the league in receiving yards and receptions. And Jefferson looks to be one of the best receivers in the league. So, and we got picks to go with it so win-win josh did you have justin jefferson as well i did i okay hate perfect. To say it, but or is mine then when you look <laughs> at a flex player you look at someone who does basically everything meaning run the football catch the football there is no other person that fits this category than elvin kamara getting 83 catches for 750 yards and also having 932 rushing yards I think he fits the bill for first team all fantasy at the flex position. So uh, for me, Alvin Kamara, first team all flex. Eighty three catches is insane. It's just it nuts. only it's, having a hundred, only having hundred and eighty seven rushing attempts too. It's just like crazy. Henry had more than double the amount of rushing attempts than Kamara did. That's insane. It's just it's crazy that he he fits the flex first all team fantasy. True. But let's, Brad, let's Bradley, would you? Classify him as a guru. Yeah, I would 100%. He like borderline <laughs> the definition of a guru. <laughs> he is the definition of a guru. Besides Danny Woodhead, that is the guru. That's, yep, that's the, OG. the OG. <laughs> the OG. Anyways, let's predict some playoffs. This is obviously not fantasy playoffs. We're done with that. Um, we got two of them right. I can guarantee you that the Packers are winning this week and the Chiefs are winning this week. I lock uh, it up that. I like Go I to like Vegas. The, I like team buy over the Packers. <laughs> I, I, I can guarantee that those two teams win, take it to Vegas, but like let's, it. let's predict the NFC playoff matchup. So uh, bears are playing the saints. They're traveling to new Orleans Rams Rams at Seattle and Tampa Bay at Washington. So let's start with the bears at new Orleans. Josh kind of alluded to this one earlier. So I'm going to give him the option to choose which team wins. 
I'm still picking the Saints. I just think that this game is going to be closer than people think. I think Breeze being on his last legs, um, just not being able to push the ball downfield much is just not going to – it's going to limit that offense's ability to put up some points against a really good Bears squad. So I think this is going to be closer than people think. Um, I would take the Bears in for the spread. Bradley, what do you think? This, I think the Saints are going to win. I, I just think when you look at – the Saints defense versus the Bears offense, they they match up very well against the what the Bears like to do. Jeremy, do you agree? Yeah, I I understand Josh's point. I see how it could be kind of a sneaky, like cover the spread, maybe get an upset squeeze win in there, but I, I, you got to go with the Saints. I would be shocked if the Saints don't win by two touchdowns. I think the Saints are going to demolish them. But the thing you have to you have to understand is that all of their running backs will not be in the facilities this week. That's true. And that, that is and, very true. And that is the point. Yep. That is they're the point. They're both playing, that, though. Yeah. Yes, they're playing. But I'm just saying that that is a very okay. Brady, I take back the, I the want two a mile. I want a mile bet that with you so bad, but it's we are the only ones that do the mile bet, so We're I can't do it. We're not doing. We're not doing. Can't do it. <laughs> Rams at Seahawks. Do the Rams pull off the upset? And I would think this is an upset. With Jared Goff being banged up, we don't know if he's going to play. Jeremy, who do you got? I think if Jared Goff was playing and healthy, I'd feel pretty confident picking the Rams. But because of that fact, I'm going to roll with the Seahawks. Bradley? I'm going to go with the Rams. Wow. Um, Best team think... in the NFC? Yeah, they, they are. I think they're <laughs> the most complete team. Um, but uh, – Seattle hasn't played that well the last three weeks, in my opinion. Like, they were on the ropes against the Niners this last week. Like, it took a touchdown to Tyler Lockett with a couple minutes left for them to take the lead. To me, a big key to monitor, too, outside the golf situation is I haven't gotten any report or update on how Jamal Adams' shoulder is. He heard it late in the game. That defense has been, like, a 360-degree difference in the last five, six weeks. And a lot has to do with him manning the back, back end of that defense. So if he doesn't go, that's a yeah, this is loss. a big loss. So that is something to monitor for sure. I I would be shocked if he didn't play. That as would play, I. But as would I. It's still something to monitor. Josh, who do you got? I have Seahawks. I think just come crunch time, Pete Carroll is going to get him into uh, playoff mode. Uh, Lockett and Metcalf are going to be uh, firing. I think uh, Seahawks. I got the Rams. If Aaron Donald wants to play Seattle, you don't want to play the Rams. That's all I think. I mean, that's exactly – he said that's exactly who they wanted to play. I think I think that's going to be a scary matchup. It's going to be a really good game, I think. He's I mean, a scary the, human being. He is very scary. Tampa Bay at Washington. It, does anybody picking the football team? Jeremy, are you picking the football team? I am taking the football team. Really? Oh it seems gosh. like – Every year in the NFL that there is just like that one game that you just you're just kind of surprised that they they came in and either a a team laid a dud or just like a team you didn't expect somewhat limped into the playoffs and then they got to win. Kind of like and Seattle I, versus New Orleans Beastquake. Exactly. Yeah, could, could be. Could be. I, so I'm I'm going to pick the Buccaneers, but I agree with Jeremy on this. I I also think the Buccaneers are a very hot cold team and that scares me with the Buccaneers and they've been playing very well the last three weeks so like I feel like in an instant boom they could become a very cold team and and miss 
And the best thing about the Buccaneers offense is obviously Tom Brady. And that's when he has a clean pocket. And the best thing about the Washington football team is their pass rush. If they can get to Brady and get to Brady early, I mean, Chase Young said it. He wants Tom. I I think it would be crazy to think Tom Brady losing first first round playoff matchups in consecutive years. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay, but you guys make great points. Their D lines for real. Washington is. It's it's good. (laughs) It's very good. Well, I mean, it should be. They invested a lot into it as well. Yep. Yep. A lot of lot of draft capital. But let's move on. This is for me, this is the fun side. The AFC is just this is gonna be crazy matchups after crazy matchups. So we have the Indianapolis Colts who are hot against the red hot Buffalo Bills. Is anybody picking Josh Allen and the Bills to lose? I want to really bad. I do too, but I'm not going to. Because I think the Colts are like, I think the Colts match up really well against them. I think their defense is is very good. um, And they run the football, which in, as far as the bills defense goes, that would be their weakness. Um, So, I mean, if they can start rolling uh, from the run game, I think they have a chance to keep this game very close. And then you never know with a turnover here or there. So I love how the Colts match up, but. I think just the way the Bills are playing right now, they 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 still probably uh, eat this one out. Just keeping Josh Allen off the field, which running with Jonathan Taylor, throwing dump offs to Naeem Hines and T.Y. Hilton, all that stuff. I'm still taking the Bills. I they're playing as good as anybody in the NFL right now. So I'm going Bills. Browns against the Steelers. We saw this matchup last week, but it wasn't the same matchup. Big Ben not playing, a lot of Pittsburgh's players not playing. And I think part of the reason was they thought this could happen where they're playing each other in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, Who do you got and why? I think this is the – I don't want to say the two worst teams, but the two worst teams in the AFC playing each other. Like if either of these two teams are playing any of the other teams, I'm picking them. That's Um, the other teams, right? Right, that's correct. Like I'm, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking like, the Colts, Bills, Ravens, and Titans over these two teams. Uh, but with that being said, I'll I'll take the Steelers. I think the Steelers are going to win this game. I, I think I think the defense is going to get up. I think Tomlin's going to get those boys going, and I think they're going to stop the run. And if they do, they got to make Baker Baker Mayfield beat them. And I don't think he can. So I'm going I'm going Pittsburgh. I am also going the Steelers. What do you got, Josh? Josh? You're the Browns going lover. Browns. I know you are. I'm going go. Browns. I'm. I'll. I'll be the uh, the odd man out. I think uh, you know Baker's been hot lately, and I think he's going to be able to uh, get them over the hump against the Steelers and just kind of exercise those demons of uh, the past Browns failures. All right, this matchup's a a great matchup. Best featuring ones. an upset upset of last year, Titans upsetting the Ravens. The Ravens travel to Tennessee. Who do we got and why? Jeremy, let's start with you. I got the Ravens in a bounce back. I think uh, they're playing the best football of their season right now. I think Lamar has really found his groove. Um, and you talk about a team that's hot and cold like a Buccaneers. I think the Titans fall in that category too. They've been a little bit up and down. Their defense is like terrible. <laughs> um, and I don't know how they're going to stop Lamar. Um, so I'll take the Ravens. Brother, what do you think? Well, I'm also going with the Ravens. I, I like I said, I think Lamar's back to to what he was in his MVP season. The Titans, they're solid, but I mean, I, it, it's a it's a dogfight of a matchup. I just don't love what the Titans put out on the field on defense. Not to mention, they should have lost to the Texans this last week. 
Josh, do you agree or disagree? No, I agree. Uh, Ravens are averaging five and a half yards a pop right now. And I don't think the Titans are going to be able to do a dang thing to stop it. Um, and Lamar is just going to get on his groove. J.K. Dobbins is coming into his own. I think it's going to be a really good game for the Ravens. I think this game could be done in about an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> the amount of rushing attempts that are going to yep. happen in this game. Um, but I'm going the Ravens as well. Um, that was a clean sweep. Upset five over four. But there we go. The Ravens are red hot. So uh, let's finish it with our one's got to go, or I guess you could say one's got to stay. Um, it's the rookie of the year edition. So we got, you can't only have two guys. There's two guys at the front of it. Um, but the four guys are Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson, Jonathan Taylor, James Robinson. Um, let's pick one that's got to go. And then one that's got to stay. So, so what do you mean by one's got to go and one's got to stay? Like so, one that's got to go is the, the worst last place. For? Yeah. Last place. Yes. The, the one that's last place is the one's got to go and the one that's got to stay has got to win it. So, um, Josh, let's start with you. I think the draft pedigree matters. I think that having an undrafted guy, like even be considered is something that is, whether it's fair or not would hurt his chances. So I think one's got to go as James Robinson and then one's got to stay, whether it's fair or not, is just the reality of the situation. The quarterback position is the toughest position in the NFL. I personally hope Justin Jefferson wins but I think that if it's a coin toss, they're always going to lean towards the quarterback position. So I'll say that Justin Herbert stays. Jeremy, do you agree or disagree? So I agree. Um, you know, first off, the one thing I wanted to say, and I know we've talked about this a little bit on the show in passing, but like the fact that these four guys had the seasons that they had, other rookies had the season that they had in this like uncreate, like worldly crazy season I think is just unbelievable. I mean, these rookies were phenomenal. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor took a little bit to get going. Justin Jefferson didn't do it much in the first two games. Herbert didn't even play in the first game. And Robinson was undrafted. But, yeah, Robinson, for me, would go um, just because Jonathan Taylor, I mean, finished with more yards after he came on. He kind of just hummed. And then Herbert, for me, would stay for the same reasons that kind of Josh pointed out, just the quarterback position. But, again, None of that to say that any of these four guys did not have amazing seasons. Bradley, what do you think? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with saying that they all had amazing seasons, especially without a, a structured OTAs and all that stuff. Uh, for me, the one that's got to go is Jonathan Taylor. I just think it took too long for him when you look at the full body of work for James Robinson. Um, not to say that if I'm building a franchise, I wouldn't take Jonathan Taylor. I'm just looking at the whole body of the season. Mm -hmm. Um and the one that's got to stay is Justin Jefferson. I, it is a quarterback-driven league, and, and I get that. But at the end of the day, like, Justin Jefferson is at the top of all rookie receivers. Super Bowl-like era. It's him. And, and I don't know if you can say the same about Herbert. Did he break records as well? I guess I don't know. I haven't been following him, but I've watched what Justin Jefferson's put out on tape. And I, and I know that number one corners are playing against Justin Jefferson for the most part, and, and he still continued to have great season. Yeah, so for me, uh, James Robinson is the one that's got to go. Um, Jonathan Taylor got really hot at the end of the year. Recency bias says JT's got to stay um, on, on this list. And then the one that's got to stay, Bradley hit it on the head, 
Justin Jefferson deserves to win rookie of the year because if Justin Jefferson doesn't win rookie of the year this year, then a, a wide receiver or a running back will never win the award. Then, then just call it the most, the, the rookie quarterback of the year, because I mean, he was arguably second in receiving yards in the whole NFL. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins caught a pass at the end of the game last night to, to take second over Justin Jefferson. But other than that, Justin Jefferson is third in the league in receiving yards um, with 1,400. And Jeremy, we talked about him barely playing in the first two games. So for, for, me, for wide receivers, for wide receivers. What did I say? You, you just said third. Kelsey was two overall. Sorry, for receivers. Sorry, for wide receivers, yes. Um, but so if they're going to give it to Justin Herbert, that's fine. I just don't think a wide receiver will ever win it again if that's the case. Uh, something to be said, too. I think that while the league is going much more quarterback friendly and the record has been broken or was set so much more recent that Baker's record of touchdown passes, which he broke in a single season for a rookie, uh, I think that was in 2017, 2018, uh, that rookie season for Baker. I think that may hurt Herbert a little bit just because that's the way the league is going is, is friendly as it gets towards quarterbacks. Whereas the name like, that Justin Jefferson broke his record of like Randy Moss for like the individual franchise record. And then I don't know who had the record for the NFL, but um, Bolden. The, Anquan Bolden, Anquan Bolden. Um, so obviously that says a lot about it. So I'm really intrigued at who's going to end up uh, taking it home. Jeremy just put to, a bow on it. Yeah. Just to add a little dialogue to the back half of, um, and let me say, I would be totally fine with Justin Jefferson winning it. His season was unbelievable. But just to play that devil's advocate on the other side of Herbert's uh, broken records, he did break the uh, touchdown record, passing touchdown record for rookies. He broke Cam Newton's total touchdown record for rookie quarterbacks, like rushing and, and passing. And then he was 84 yards shy of Lux passing yards record as a rookie. That's pretty insane. Yeah, it's not denying that he didn't have a good year. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I just wanted to, I just wanted to throw. He wants to say both GMs get a gold star for those picks. Absolutely. Ooh, Absolutely. Uh, and we did not. I think. Okay, and we were not high on Herbert. Okay, I didn't want to lump you guys in that with me. I personally was not very high on Herbert going. Nobody in. was high on him. Right. Absolutely. I don't. I don't know anybody that was. I think a lot of people wanted them to take an offensive lineman there. People wanted them yes. to take Jordan Love there. I was yeah. one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been good for you. <laughs> who, who won rookie of the year last year? Do you remember off the top of your head? Kyler. Kyler Murray. Oh, yeah. okay. So if it were Kyler versus Justin Jefferson, do you think Just Jefferson runs away with it? I don't remember what Kyler's stats were last year. I don't remember the rookie of the year being that competitive, though. Like I, Justin I Jefferson wins it against any any person. <laughs> You should be MVP. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> All right. I'm not. Hold on. I'm not denying that he that he could win it. But does your guys's Vikings bias play into it at all? I yes, was trying to find. I've it. watched every game, so I know how good he is. <laughs> That's that is fair. Well, that wraps up this edition of Fourth and a Mile. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Go deep, and we'll see you next time.